to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk. Hey, Bond on Twitter, and I'm here with the um, with the ever loving Mark Normandin, <laughs> the ever loving blue eyed Mark Normandin um, from Yancey Street. Uh, not a big Fantastic Four guy, huh? Um, I'm, I'm sure you are. Uh, I'm, I'm anyway, not, um, I'm not. Aren't you? Did you never read the Fantastic Four? No, you know, I think the only Fantastic Four comic I ever read was, um, you know, they had those like. They did, like, the What If series, and I don't mean, like, the, yeah. the current one. I mean, Not like, the, the literal comic TV book. series. What if? And it was like, yeah. what if Spider-Man was in the Fantastic Four? And I found it somewhere for, like, $2 or whatever. And, you know, it was this old yeah. comic. And I read it, and I was like, okay, I guess that answered that question. I like I like that comic because, like, it just basically, the, the answer is, it would be really cool. We should have done yeah. that. <laughs> like, it's like, well... It would have rocked. Like everyone would have liked it. Like I think that I think that is uh, something we should pursue in the future, if possible. <laughs> I like the I like the what if comics when they when they were like that. Like um, yeah, you know, sometimes they'd just be like they'd be like these hyper. I mean, it's why it's why like you know the TV show. Yeah, as far as Marvel things go, I'm I you know the bloom is off the rose for me. But as far as Marvel things go, one of the more interesting thoughts I, I would say is that like you know I I get why that's interesting to have. Um, a what if show and and it's kind of cool to do it as a tv show you could kind of like a nice serialized approach or whatever um but (laughs) i also think like the comics were so good because they were just like these hyper specific like nerd stuff like well what if like what if uh this person did like what if eddie brock wasn't in the bell tower to hear the bells but it was like um it it was uh you know Gwen Stacy. It's like okay, three people in the world care about this, and they're all super excited. Like they're all just like, yes, please tell me what would happen if like, you know, Star Fox didn't save uh, Captain Marvel uh, from the Kree. Um, I just think that's cool. I think it's neat when when games do that or when comics do that. Um, so I am all for what it's if. good. I understand. Um, I understood the first two names you mentioned. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, and Eddie I bet Brock. you didn't. I bet you didn't know that Star Fox was a character. Well, yeah, that's in, when you said uh, Star Fox. I'm like, well, that seems weird. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, he was a he was an. Uh, so I got I was briefly obsessed with the uh, with the Avengers um, before, which is funny because like one of the most like one of the closest I ever got to actually like getting a tattoo was I thought about getting the Avengers A because I used to really love comics a lot. Like I used to you know, spend way too much money on them and just, like, read. I had, like, 40 books I would read every month. Yeah, just, like, really into them. And um, I, like, it was before they got popular in, in the film, so I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, that would have been <laughs> extremely unfortunate <laughs> at this point to have that tattoo. Um, but, uh, like, I got really into the old adventure stuff and, like, you know, the old teams and who was on the teams and stuff, and... During the Kree Skull Scroll War, and a little before, there was this guy named Star Fox who was just like generic space guy who was on the team, and basically his whole thing is like he just loved being in love. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's, let's see if I can find his his powers. Um, let's see. Star Fox comics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He is actually uh, supposed to be Eros of Titan. Oh. Uh, part of the elemental. So I'm sure he's in the film. Um, oh, and of course, Jesus Christ. Um, of course, uh, um, oh, this sucks. Um, in the 90s, uh, they put him on trial for sexual assault. Uh. Um, God, that's... Uh, he's also Thanos' brother, so I'd be surprised if he's not somehow in the movies. Um, 
That uh, all this took I don't a like diversion and turn that I was not expecting. Yeah, I I really I really hate that. I really hate because he's just like a dumb like throwaway guy. He's written by Jim Starlin, so he's like a space guy, uh, or drawn by Jim Starlin, so he's a space guy. And uh, and then I learned that he's represented by She Hulk in court. Um, <laughs> Not not kidding. Uh, and then she she begins to expect that suspect that he used his powers on her. Um, very very purple man. Very uh, very Jessica Jones. But um, see my superhero lawyer references Harvey Birdman. But <laughs> he's an attorney of law. Before um, we get any deeper down that too hole, far. Yeah yeah yeah. What Sorry. If? I, I shouldn't I shouldn't lead with stuff that I don't <laughs> want to talk about. Uh, what if we talked about video games? Yeah. Uh, Mark, you write a newsletter about, uh, among other things, although you are writing about other stuff now, especially in uh, the retro sort of like, I, you know, no one, I haven't played it, but it's, so it's due to me kind of approach you've been doing with games. Um, uh, particularly enjoyable was uh, your read of Sakura Wars. Um, Thank you. But you talk a lot about Nintendo. You, you, you took on a project that I don't think anyone uh, in their right mind thought about taking on before you did, which was um, ranking the top 100 Nintendo games. Um, and having finished that, you are now writing about the top 25 and 64 games. So it's safe to say you have some sort of uh, deep commitment to <laughs> I, uh, Nintendo. I talked myself out of doing the top 25 Nintendo 64 games. Um, oh, I thought that was what was going on. <laughs> I kept reading it as that. I'm, I'm an idiot. No, it's 25 years um, of the Nintendo 64. Uh, you know what? That makes sense. It makes sense that it's not the same. Well, thing. no, I had told you about it when I was when I was um, figuring out what I was going to do for the anniversary. I was, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, oh, I could write about the top 25 games, and then at some point after saying that to you, I was like, you were an idiot. You know, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's like you just ranked 101 <laughs> games. Yeah, you don't really need to do 25 more. Well, especially because a bunch of the games I would rank are ones I just wrote about at length. Um, so instead, I'm doing... I'm just picking games that I enjoy on the Nintendo 64 or I've recently uh, realized I enjoyed. Once I've come to mm. know like later in life or ones people should know about that maybe aren't available. Um, they're just So it's kind of like the normal stuff I do. It just doesn't have the column names it usually does. It's just all under this, like, right. 25 years of the N64 kind of banner. Well, yeah, and it's, it's very it's very much, like, I, I, the N64 focus is really, um, I mean, it's very present, right? Like, it, it's clear that this is the, I mean, that sounds like a stupid thing to say, because obviously it's 25 years of the N64, <laughs> but the, the like, the idea of, um, you know, like, every single game is, N, is an N64 game, it's just, like, it lends such a focus to... To the work such that like you know the, the like the one you were just talking to me about like thinking about genre and like what the n64 had and, and what it was what it was sort of um uh generative of and and your your bit about uh goemon today um you wrote about goemon's great adventure and there's like you pointed out like yeah there's like a lot of 3d platformers on the n64 and a couple of 2d platformers but they're all like extremely important 2d platformers and it's an interesting insight that i wouldn't have thought of so like that focus is very is very cool and also very very nintendo so like let me ask you this what is what is the what is going on with you in nintendo where what where is this where is this where why 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 nintendo why why is this a uh like a, a particular um uh, you know I'll, i won't i won't i won't be uh um evasive about it. Why is it a particular sort of like love of yours? 
Well, you know, it's 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 the company I have spent the most time with. Um, okay. You know, uh, the first console I owned that someone bought, like my parents bought for me, was a Super Nintendo, and mm. I I had an N sixty four and I had a GameCube. Like I have had all of them except for the first one, which I eventually got as an adult because I didn't have it. Um, <laughs> well, naturally, that's a good one to have. Yeah, that's I, like. That's a pretty sturdy system, I gotta say. Yeah, Earth, the original ours, NES. Ours works fine, you know. Um, yeah. Sometimes you have to take the cartridge back out and try again, but you know, that's. I think that was you the got a blow on. That it. was the case when they were new. I think so. Um, I liked the uh, I liked the put alcohol on it trick, and then people would say actually that will uh, destroy your cartridges. I mean, I don't um, think it does, but I don't think it does either. I think it's a great trick. any solution that like anyone has for making games that don't work work again they're like that will destroy the game it's like well it doesn't work so like what the what the fuck do you want me to do it already doesn't <laughs> yeah, work I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the magic eraser in the cd because otherwise um i'll never play it anyway yeah, it's like i had a i had a disc resurfaced because it wouldn't play and someone was like oh you're gonna destroy the disc i'm like again it's not playing it's not playing in the wii it's not playing in the gamecube it's not playing it doesn't work <laughs> Uh, and then it worked after I resurfaced it. And it's like, well, you'll destroy it if you do that. It's, dude. Very funny. Paper, Very funny to, like, worry about destroying something that is already destroyed. Yeah, it's like I'm not resurfacing everything just for the hell of it. Like, first of all, it costs money to do that. I'm not going to throw an extra five bucks on top of whatever I've paid for a game. Uh, it's like this thing was scratched to all shit. And that's why I got it for less money than I otherwise would have. And now it works. Um, I really, I really like the idea of you just going out in the world and uh, resurfacing games, <laughs> like some sort of like bizarre, twisted Johnny Appleseed. Uh, this Madden two thousand three, uh, I must resurface. <laughs> I paid thirty seven cents for it, and now I will pay five dollars to resurface it. <laughs> so, um, so Nintendo has been sort of your. It, it, it's like this is this is an interesting position because, like, I feel like. On some level, Nintendo's the last console you can do this with. Um, but also, um, like, Nintendo is... This is something that, like, is from an, a bygone era um, that I am also part of, um, where, you know, like, the idea of a console brand that you resonate with somehow mm -hmm. is, like, legible, right? Like, the... <laughs> The idea of this now would be like someone saying, "Oh, like a place of uh, the PlayStation Five has better. Um, it's like the graphics are so much better than the Xbox 360." And then people being like, "No way, the Xbox 360 is so cool," and it just being like a matter of <laughs> like three pixels or whatever, and everyone's just kind of rolling their eyes. Um, whereas, like I feel like in the past, this idea of um, yeah, like. Uh, you got one brand of game, and then it was your game for then. Um, it was huge. I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah, I, I think a lot, and I, I think I've written a little bit about this, but not, not extensively yet. But uh, the differences between consoles in the 90s and even in the early 2000s were, was massive, you know? Oh, yeah. Huge. So Just aesthetic and, like game design and then just like availability i mean the sega games still feel different than nintendo games yeah like, yeah and, or any games out there like i'm playing yakuza finally and yes. it feels just different in in a sega way like there mm -hmm. there are elements of it that i'm like oh this feels like um oh what's that one the, the one with like the robots where you can shoot and stuff like that uh 
oh, I'm not going to remember. Uh, well, okay, it feels like Bayonetta or something, right? Like games where Sega has an in or like the way Dreamcast games feel or something. Like there is a particular way they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from the fact that, you know, Sega was one of those companies. Same with Nintendo for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about this because it was the... You know, it was the birthday for the Dreamcast the other day, and I'm looking at the nine nine nine. I'm looking at the covers nine. of the games, and they're so colorful and vibrant, and they just the characters look very different. And I don't know, even Sega doesn't make games like that necessarily anymore. Um, mm. You know, it's and yeah, you get like you get like the kind of chunky text and willingness to kind of play around with like arcade tropes and stuff, but not not like in the Power Stone way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where's where's your Choo Choo Rocket? spiritual successor where you know where's they haven't done a jet set radio you know since the xbox era space channel 5 they dusted off to like put in hd in a re-release or whatever but like you know they i don't don't know they're not granted i don't think those things sold particularly well um no i probably not i I, well you know jet grind radio might have because it was a um was one of the release titles for the Dreamcast, and like one of the ones where they were like, "Look, look at this thing, everyone! Like, why don't you play this thing?" I feel like they kind of laid it on pretty thick with the uh, with Jack Grand Radio. Yeah, I mean, um, so to go back to the Nintendo thing just for a second, um, no, <laughs> I just think they've been present in a way that some other systems haven't been. You know, I was I've been a huge Sega guy forever. I didn't I didn't get a Saturn um, because I could not have more than one console at a time at that time. You know. Um, and I was still working through Genesis games then, uh, but I did get a Dreamcast, uh, you know, for as long as that was an availability, <laughs> like as long as that was an option. And then they kind of, you know, they disappeared. They became part of the general console. They were everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and then they started buying up all these other companies and like, what is a Sega game kind of got not diluted, but it's, you know, certainly different in the two thousands than it, what it was in the nineties. Yeah, 100%. Um, whereas Nintendo's kind of been able to keep this thread going, and there, there's very much a style there. Like, what would you say, you know, Sony's style has changed over the years? Oh, a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, So yeah. Sony now, especially, they're, like, in a transformative state where they're, like, blockbusters only. This is the only thing we, we do. But obviously, like, it, you know, to go back to the N64 for a second, like, they came in, they had their own Sony computer entertainment studio and they were burning, you know, they were busting out RPGs and they were coming out with platformers and they were figuring out exclusives and uh, things that really felt like they were Sony, even if they weren't uh, made by them necessarily. Like Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. was a mascot. It was not like, that wasn't a Sony property. Tomb Raider felt like a Sony property, even though like Tomb Raider was also on the Saturn. You know, it wasn't an exclusive title. Um, things like Ridge Racer, yeah. you know, Namco brought all those Ridge Racer games to the PlayStation. They weren't Sony games; those were Namco games. Um, but they were a huge. But they feel like Sony. They games. were a huge part of why Sony had so much success with the PlayStation. Um, which like sounds funny in retrospect now, because Ridge Racer is like not a big deal anymore. But that was huge then. Though. Such a big deal, like so arcade perfect racers on this system that was like the most powerful one going. You know, like that's a that's a huge deal. Um, yeah. That's a whole like market right there, and I feel like you're 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 you're, he- you're hitting on something here that's really interesting, which is that the like the idea of a Sony game and one of the one of the big things that Sony had going for it um, in its early heyday 
was that like they were one of the first companies that really just like embraced the idea of third party games, right? Like, well, they basically took the and idea. not even not even third party games, right? Like the idea of just like okay, these games, this is a this is a PlayStation game. Like, I don't I don't care if it's Namco's Ridge Racer; mm-hmm. it feels like a PlayStation game. Um, whereas when you played a Nintendo game, it was obvious if it was third party or Nintendo. Like that was clear right like they would they would make that perfectly clear even to the point of like well this cartridge is going to be shaped different because we don't want to give anyone the (laughs) the wrong impression that they are playing a nintendo yeah i think by the n64 era that was true but sony really just took nintendo's own trick and applied it to the playstation um Mm. i think we've talked before you know uh when i did the, the nintendo top 101 there were questions like there were barely any nes games on my list and that's because most of the best nes games were not Nintendo games. They just felt oh, like yeah. it because they were all exclusives because Nintendo had these contracts that made all those games exclusive. So, like, Mega Man was was Capcom, yeah, but, like, if you're not... If you weren't super into the idea of, like, knowing all the developers or publishers or whatever, like, that was just a Nintendo game. It was only on Nintendo systems, you know? And, I mean, like, listen, at the age I was playing Mega Man... Well, first playing Mega Man. Let's, let's, let's be clear. Never really stopped. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, when I was young enough to play Mega Man 4 or whatever, which was the first one I got, like, I didn't care who it was published by. <laughs> like, that didn't matter to me at all. I mean, all. that's why it's the same um, thing. Like, Squaresoft going to Sony was such a big deal because those were, for all intents and purposes, Nintendo games. Nintendo you know, games. To, to yeah. the consumer who didn't care about the developers necessarily. Not to, like, the most hardcore person who knows everyone who makes everything and publishes everything. Like, just your, like, your standard standard person who plays video games or parent who buys them um oh certainly the parent who buys them and i think like you know you were talking earlier about like the idea of access right where um like the the idea of you know 400 maybe was he was this on air or not no (laughs) it wasn't we were we were were talking about this beforehand but the fact that like the n64 is seen as a lesser console because it only has 400 games right Mm -hmm. um that like that number right like the idea of like how many games does this have and like being able to conceptualize like well it has like and like being kind of boggled by the idea that it has you know 400 which i was um and then thinking like how many do like current systems have and there it's way more like that only makes sense when you're like okay yeah i guess it had less because like ultimately you know the the market was so different like digital downloads didn't exist you had to have like a physical release etc 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 and like when you start thinking about the market today where it's like essentially you can kind of like pick and choose what you're getting it is a much more open market insofar as like when you were a kid you were bound by a consumer choice because your parents were your outlet Mm -hmm. um in a way that they're not now in a way that like cross play and stuff like that is made obsolete yeah, it's it's a completely different world, which has helped kind of blur those lines. Uh, we were just talking about identity, uh, you know, like yeah, if everything's kind of the same ish, generally speaking, what feels different? You know, I, I I got so mad after the Wii U at people who were like, Nintendo should just close up shop in the console business and start making games for Sony and uh, Microsoft platforms, and it's like, why? Like Nintendo, part of part of. I think part of what makes Nintendo's identity so strong is that they they try very different things in how to play games and how to make games. Mm-hmm. And they try to see things very different ways. 
um, besides just like this is more powerful now. Um, True. Yeah. No, I, and that's like that's very much something that, and we'll, we'll end up talking about this, but that's very much something that like became evident with the Switch when everyone was like, "This Switch can't run anything. It's so it's so so underpowered." <laughs> and then eventually, like, it didn't matter. Right? Yeah, it like, does. I mean. The Switch moves more software than the Wii did, but even the Wii, it was like, that destroyed everything, that generation, and it wasn't HD, mm-hmm. and they never came out with, like, an HD model. Well, I guess you could argue that their terrible marketing made it so that the Wii U seemed like an HD model, but, um, you know, they just stuck with it the whole time, and Nintendo stuff sold great on it, so at least there was that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I think we would lose something. I mean, we've lost something, like, we've gained some things with Sega, uh, going, just kind of, like, being a third-party, uh, publisher and developer. Mm-hmm. We've really, you know, they don't, they don't do a lot of the kinds of things that they focused on in the 90s, and I get it, again, because if those things worked better, then we'd be having different conversations today. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, I, I posted this kind of trivia question, uh, when I was writing up a Sega game recently. Um, on on Twitter, and it's like obviously Sonic the Hedgehog is the best selling Sega franchise. What's number two? Hmm. Um. Uh, um. While you think, I'll just tell you this: all these guesses people were making of like series you know the name of, uh, you know old wrong. Sega series, not even close. Almost none of them uh. are even top ten. Almost everything that they have besides Sonic that has seen real commercial success and sustained commercial success is a studio, um, is like from a studio that they have acquired. Okay. Um, so we're not talking like Yakuza here. No, that's like, I think that's like seven or eight. It's like in the back end of the top 10 right now. Obviously, like that okay. will climb up and it might end up being number two at some point, but. Right. It's like their okay. original franchises just never as cool as they were they never sold um was it was it alex kid no that's a neo geo no um, that, that is sega but not even yeah okay uh i was just i was thinking like way outside of the box i don't know what More is outside it? the box than that it's poyo poyo oh wow yeah never would have gotten that yeah. so i'm glad i didn't guess too long <laughs> yeah it's uh 25 million sold forever but that also tells you sega's second best-selling franchise is 25 million like wario games have sold more i think or as many and that's like Mm -hmm. 14th or 15th for nintendo in terms of franchises so uh that's unbelievable so even someone who has such a strong identity as sega a lot of it and what people think of like it's in the it's in the past um so nintendo's kind of had this like thread all the way through um and Sony keeps changing what a Sony game is. And it worked for a really long time, but, you know, what, what differentiates... Like, they have their blockbusters now, and then everything else is a whole lot like what you get on an Xbox. Yeah, for sure. I think at this point, they're basically, like... They basically play for um, exclusivity I mean, <laughs> more than anything. It's just, it's like, well, we have this exclusive title or X, like X, Y, or Z exclusive title... Um, that that like so, that says more about like what you're getting with a PlayStation yeah. or an Xbox than than anything. They're all else. like timed exclusives now too, though. Correct. So like yes, that's you know, also Deathloop true. just came out and it's like oh it's on the PS5 and it's like okay but I have games to play and it'll be out on the Xbox next year so 
Right, yeah, because the, <laughs> they know, like, developers and publishers know, I don't know, like, how much money they have to gain or lose uh, by not making it immediately, or not immediately, but planned for the two things. Ep- I mean, they learned that with Epic and Steam, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the Epic releases being like, well, we'll release it on Steam pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... That's ultimately like what they learned. Well, like this is this is a good way to make money. like the PS3 360 era. I don't know if you remember, but like Microsoft grabbed a whole bunch of kinds of games that would traditionally have sold on PlayStation consoles, very like mm-hmm. Japanese games because they were trying to make inroads in Japan with the 360. It. I remember Ninja Gaiden was was one that struck me as a strange one to be on Xbox, and that was like, was that an exclusive? I. Yeah, yeah and they also they got the the Mistwalker games to be 360 yes. games and they got yeah. Tales of Vesperia was originally a 360 exclusive um, but yeah it was there were like all these kinds of games Star Ocean um, right you know just tons of them uh, Last Remnant Infinite Undiscovery why do I remember so many of these games um, it's amazing <laughs> I, you, have, you have a mind like a steel trap <laughs> um, and like all of them ended up not every one of them but a lot of them ended up being multi-platform after with like better and additional features because they just didn't do as well on the 360 but they were all marketed as ex- as exclusives until you know whether it was timed originally or the publisher eventually publishers eventually went hey this like didn't do it and like you're <laughs> we're, we're done like, you're, you were <laughs> beating sony but we're not beating like we need we need sony now um yeah exactly i feel like that era yeah, like killed the like forever exclusive in some ways mm, which is also yeah that makes also sense. part of why microsoft was like okay we'll just buy zenimax <laughs> like we'll make exclusives by making them first party, you know. Right, no, for for sure. And I think like, you know, a lot of that has to do with um I don't know, like the way that the way that like I don't know, even like the way that a market, like the market changes where like, you know, when you have something like you know, the Xbox 360 versus the or the Xbox versus the PlayStation, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um you have people who are like, well, I would never buy like an Xbox, or I would never buy a PlayStation. And then by the time the 360 comes out, it's like, all right, well, look, like, let's just, who has the better games at this point? Can, I, can we just decide that? All right, I'll just, I'll just get whatever one I need to get. Like, people just stop caring. Oh about yeah, it. there's no consistency. So I had a PlayStation Two, and not an Xbox. Um, and then I got a PlayStation Three because the PS2 was so good. And then I bought a 360 because the PS3 was not nearly good enough. Right. Uh, and then even despite the fact that I played so much three, so much of my 360, just, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in so many games, then I got a PS4 because, like, I wasn't that impressed by what they were doing on the Xbox One. Right. So I was like, okay, it's not like I didn't like my PS3 and that I hate Sony or whatever. It's just, like, I can bounce back and forth. And then I love the PS4 and I played a ton of it. I bought a Series X. I didn't buy a PS5 yet. <laughs> like yeah it's just kind of yeah I, i'll bounce back you don't have whichever to. one's most interesting there's always a nintendo console and then right. it's whichever one is more interesting of the other two i get first i didn't get an xbox one um because they really like the you know the exclusives they did have didn't seem quite interesting enough um oh you aren't a you aren't a gears of war man no, i'm actually a huge gears of war fan but the oh oh man I like I, I like Gears of War. That was like the only one I could think of. Yeah, no, I like I can't think of any other. I don't I don't really care for Halo, and mm-hmm. I don't really play 
uh, online shooters. Okay. So when they had mostly yeah. the same games, I was like, well, I don't know, PS4 is great, and I'm not that into the Xbox One, but, like, they figured out how to make that console very interesting halfway through, you know? And, like, applied all those lessons to the Series X. And I'm like, oh, right. and it's backwards compatible, and Game Pass seems pretty cool. So I Game Pass is great. Yeah, so I get the Series X, and, like, eventually I'll get a PS5, because I'm going to want to play Horizon, and, like, if they ever make another Uncharted, I'll want to play that, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not in a rush because I don't. I don't have to be. But I. I just cannot. I cannot imagine not trying a Nintendo console. Like having faith. Right. In so them. that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna get at. Like the 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 sort of like interchangeability argument that we're having here does sort of fall away when you get to Nintendo games, mm-hmm. where like you know like. Even though you can, I mean, like, and I've heard a lot of people say this where, like, um, well, I've heard you say it with games like Genshin Impact, which I can't imagine. I mean, I, I've played a lot of Genshin Impact. I will probably play more at some point or another, but, like, also, I can't imagine, like, waiting for it on the Switch, uh, cause I don't know what it's gonna happen. But, uh, but, like, yeah, like, I've heard people say other stuff, like, well, I'm just waiting for that on the Switch. Like, I, uh, you know, I just, I, I would like to, I would like to play that on the Switch. Like, I'm, I, I'm in no rush. Like, that is, that's interesting. Like, that's something that you definitely don't see with, you know, PlayStation and Xbox, right? Like, even if people are like, I'll wait for it, it's, I'll wait for it cause I don't have the other console, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not, I'll wait for it because, like, I prefer the experience. Yeah. Um, whereas with Nintendo, it's, like, it's purely, like, an experience-based thing where people are like, oh, I'd like to play this on the Switch. I, I have one. Like, I I haven't bought uh, Ace Attorney games for the PC because I just think they'd be better to play on the Switch because I like playing um, visual novels on the DS, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like, it's, it, it's, it's sort of, like, an obvious little thing where you're just like, okay, yeah, I... Uh, I like, you know, I like I like playing this type of game in this type of instance um, on this type of console. And the only this type of console that exists is a Nintendo console. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, obviously the Switch isn't as powerful. It wasn't even as powerful as the PS4 or the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously not at the same level as the PS5 and Series X. Um, I'm not going to say... St- but what is it you told me about this? This is this is interesting. So, like, you told... The reason why we initially wanted to do this was because you told me a very interesting fact about the Switch. And, and it's, it's like, a, essential dominance in this uh, in this particular era. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this will tie into what I was going to say. So, uh, well, hold on. Let me get this out of... The, you, you mentioned... You okay, mentioned sorry, visual sorry. Yeah, I, Oh, it's fine. You mentioned visual novels. Please. So, like... That is such a great handheld kind of game. And, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. I love playing stuff like that on the 3DS. You know, I got super into Ace Attorney when they first released on the DS, and it kind of opened that whole world up for me. Of like, oh man, like adventure games and visual novels and all these. Like these are great. Everything doesn't have right. to be super action all the time for me to have a great time. And the handheld systems, both Nintendo's and Sony's, were really good for these kind of experiences. And there were lots of really great RPGs on those systems. And I mean, you know this. You have kids. You are also in your 30s. Um, <laughs> How dare you break apart my, my yeah. carefully crafted persona. Like, I'm 21 I, years old. I'm not telling any tales out of school here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cool kid. It's me purchase. <laughs> um, but, like, 
man, a game that I can kind of carry around and play whenever and not have to fight with my children over the TV to play is beautiful. So, like, visual novels and RPG stuff that's, like, dialogue-heavy I can focus on and RPGs that are, like, pick up and put down and, like, take a half hour here and a half hour there or an hour or whatever. And I don't have to... You know, I feel really bad, like... (laughs) You know, I'm married, and we have the biggest TV is in the living room. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So sure, of course, of course. If Kate wants to watch something, and I'm playing a game, well, you're on, not gonna, if I'm playing yeah. a game on PS4, I'm always like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that this game is 80 hours long. I'm sorry that I'm going to be playing it for the next however long. You know, we have other t- <laughs> we have other TVs with Hulu. I'm sorry, um, but with the Switch, it's just like, yeah, I don't care. Watch whatever thing you're going to watch. I can just play this game on the Switch. You know, I, it took me it took me a while to get through Trails of Cold Steel one and two on the PS3 in the basement. Um, I bet you know because I could only play them like when the kids weren't when the kids were asleep. You know when I had which is to do. limited time. Yeah, it's just just <laughs> at night basically, and uh, I blew through three and four because I bought them on the Switch. Sure. So like the performance was worse, and they were a little graphically downgraded, you know, compared to the PS PS4 versions. But it's like I don't give a shit, man. I can like bring Trails of Cold Steel to the toilet. So <laughs> whatever, I don't care. So, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm delaying my own point I tried to bring up, which is, uh, no, 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 I'm now delaying it. Uh, but no, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I, I think there's this, um, there's this assumption about, about games, uh, right now that, um, essentially you buy a, uh, you buy a system to also have like an entertainment, uh, center. So like in a lot of ways, it's, it's sort of like, it's effectively like a lifestyle thing, right? Like it's not just um, like I'm not just I'm not just purchasing this like to play video games on. I'm purchasing it because like at this point now it is a it's like my little media center. And so like you know it, any any video game you buy is also like a decision you make about like how you're gonna watch TV or how you're gonna live like how you're gonna do like digital whatevers right. Um, but on the other hand, it like it's it's true that. Um, the uh the switch and like the wii and stuff like that are really like some of the only consoles that are like legitimately lifestyle machines right where like it's it's not a matter of of like oh you know um this this like fits my lifestyle insofar as i am able to like watch it on a particular tv or whatever it's like no this fits my lifestyle because i am able to um like actually use it in my life like it it, the way i use this device is determined by the way i live my lifestyle is determined by my death style (laughs) as uh, the great megadeth might say i i hate that that popped into my head too before you even said it yeah (laughs) Uh, it's not even a good album or song it's a good song actually no frantic's all right um the rest let's not talk about um Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I think there's a there's a real you know, Microsoft has not tried to do a handheld. Like they were so focused on trying to be the dominant console, but now they're trying out all this stuff with Game Pass where it's like, okay, you can play on your Microsoft tablet. You can play on, you know, you can stream to your PC, like Game Pass games that you have access, you know. Um mm-hmm. so you can like kind of do this like cross-play continue play. Um like they're trying to make it too. So like, if you have 
a Microsoft console and you have Game Pass, you can do the things you would do with like a Nintendo console with those games. Um, right. No, and I, I found that like this is, you know, that's why y- Yakuza is easy for me to play is like I don't have to play it on a console. I can just like boot it up on my computer, mm-hmm. um, which is which is different, right? Like it's it's slightly different. I use the same monitor, but I don't have to switch to a different thing. I don't have to like fiddle with my cords and be like, oh, yeah, like the old the old HDMI switch. Is that working? <laughs> like what do I have plugged in? Like I, it's just like, oh, it's easy. It's plug and play. And that's like that's the thing with the switch is that like it's designed to be that such that like you just say like oh um i'd love to play this on tv right now mm-hmm. and then you you just do it or i'd love to play this handheld right now and you do that instead like it is it is very much like a um like it's 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 already designed to do that let me say that like it feels like something that is not uh they're not trying to mimic anything or do anything it literally is like well the way people will use this is the main thing we're we're curious about before games or anything else yeah they like the Wii U was their attempt to be like, what if the DS was a console? What if the mm. top screen of your DS was 65 inches wide? You know? Um, yeah. But it also had this functionality functionality that's very much like the Switches, where if you press the minus button for certain games, it would just put the game on the gamepad. So you might lose, like, like with uh, Twilight Princess, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they remade that in HD on the, the Wii U, and the, the bottom screen... Uh, defaulted to a map and inventory and all this stuff so you didn't so you could kind of just like you could do it there without cluttering uh without cluttering the hud and it looked great but you could also press the the minus uh the minus button and put the main game on the gamepad and then just play portable hd twilight princess directly in front of you just like you do with the switch you know and forego the dual screen functionality but free the television up, just like you do with the Switch. Right. So they, they were like, okay, so people weren't interested. <laughs> I was very interested, but most people weren't interested in the dual screen functionality with the TV. Um, so then they were like, what if we just did this thing where you press that button and it's just on the screen? Except now you don't even have to press a button. You just go grab it, you know? Right. Um, and they made the screen bigger and they made it better and... Oh, it's such a it's such a great idea. And if they were just making games for Microsoft and Sony, we wouldn't have it. Especially since Sony doesn't even make a portable anymore. <laughs> well, and I think like I think the the thing about the Switch that's pretty cool is that when people when and, and I'll I'll confess like I was this way, but when people like determined the um, when people like got to the um, concept of it. I don't think anyone was exactly sure that it would work, right? Like, I don't think anyone was like, "Oh, this is this is a this is a, a like this is an A plus idea. This is like a, this is a game changer." Like, it very well could have just like been completely useless. Um, yeah, I mean, I and I think like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I like I when I saw it, I was like, Ugh, I don't know about that. Like, I can't see any reason I would ever play it like that game. And I still see people saying like, "I'd never play my Switch in TV mode," or "I'd never play my like," but it. It also is just like a thing where when you get it, it has that Apple product thing where you're just like, oh, this is instantly intuitive. I get mm-hmm. this right away. This makes total sense. Yeah, I remember the first time I like took it off of the dock when I was playing Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, I, like I think someone someone needed to use the TV. I can't remember if it was you know sure a kid or 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 Kate, but it was like 
which which of my garbage family <laughs> needed to use the TV. But yeah, I just sat on the I sat on the couch and was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> like this is still HD. I'm just playing this right here. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is amazing. I I had faith in it working um just because I knew I as one of the 14 people who had a Wii U knew what they were mm. doing and had already experienced like part of it. Um actually sometimes kind of miss the dual screen functionality and I understand why they don't do it cuz they wanted developers to be able to they didn't want I think they lost a lot of people, uh, a lot of third parties with a few consoles in a row because it was like, so the GameCube was just like the Xbox, just like the PS2, obviously. Like, online play wasn't as robust as it was on the Xbox. Yeah, but for the most yeah, part. but they were pretty much just the same thing in different styles, you know. Um, the GameCube was powerful enough that it had an arcade board made with the same technology. Like, that wasn't, that thing had horsepower. Um, yeah. But the Wii was obviously very different, so, like, getting ports of games could be tough. Um, well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Wii I mean, U, it's, it's like even tougher, because it's like... Controller looked wild. I mean, it was like, how are you going to do the it? The Wii U was even tougher, because it's like, okay, I have to figure out how to do something with two screens. And touch <laughs> controls, and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I don't... and I don't know. It should have been. It should have been that. easy yeah, right. because the DS is one of the greatest selling systems of all time, and the 3DS did great too. And it's just a big version of those. But yeah, d- I mean, developers. Not everyone knew what even to do with the with the DS. I mean, oh, yeah, that's yeah. not like developers were not always good at figuring out how to use. They that. weren't. Uh, there are all sorts of like terrible DS games oh, that oh, yeah, just yeah. like are are terrible because they don't know how to use what they have but then you play those ones where people knew what they were doing and had a great idea and implemented it Mm -hmm. and you're like it's a shame this will never appear on another platform (laughs) like correct (laughs) yes um well yeah i feel that way about um i feel that way about uh um oh uh 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 the world one with you oh world ends with you yeah 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 Yeah, the it's they changed like Moving that to a single screen, like, changed the way that game works thematically. Because so much of it mm-hmm. is about co- uh, cooperation and learning to work oh, together. Oh, yeah. No, no, know? no. I, so. I never played the Switch re- remaster because, like, I, I, the first, like when, I, when I was talking to a friend about it, they were like, oh, yeah, don't, don't like, if you can play the DS version, play the DS yeah. version because it's, like, it, it's so good. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and, like, they're right because, like, the... The the non DS version is like it it is you're right like it's thematically totally different mm-hmm. and I'm glad the new one is built from the ground up with the idea of a single screen in mind because then you don't run into those issues but it's yeah you, you like sure. lose something in that translation uh, but Nintendo obviously got tired of developers shying away because they hate trying new things or they're because the whoever's funding them won't allow them to try new things right uh, so that's why it was like okay this is gonna work one way <laughs> exactly one way and it, at least at least the idea of being both a console and a handheld is so intriguing and different on its own that there's still something major, majorly different about the Switch that like makes it stand out. Um, God, I love that little thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't so, know what they're going to do next, but I love that little thing. So what about like... Okay, so let's 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 get to the let's get to this because I could ask you many questions. Yeah, about that's Switch, true. But let's get to the thing we and I will. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, so like 
what is um what is like hmm, how to ask this question well okay let me just ask it this way what did you learn what did you tell me the other day that made me interested in in like talking about the switch a little bit because <laughs> it's something specific it is um so for two weeks in a row this right yeah. yeah for two weeks in a row the switch had every game in the top 30 uh bestsellers in japan it had not happened for one week since the days of the Famicom. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because that's like, I they, mean, you're talking about, yeah. Their comp- you know, their competition at that point in 1987 was like the Master System, which was completely, like, it, it couldn't succeed in Japan, and it couldn't su- succeed in North America either, because of the, um, the exclusivity contracts N- Nintendo right, had. Right, so exactly. they essentially negotiated their way into dominating the way that the Famicom did. And I'm not, like, taking anything away from them. It's just like, okay, so this is, like, they they made everything get to that point through, like, shrewd business deals, whereas they did it in 2021 for two weeks in August just because, like, they had the, they had the stuff everyone wanted the most. Right, which is purely on the strength of, of the offer. Yeah, it's just that everyone put the games on there, not because anyone like forced them to. They just did. Um, well, yeah, and this is like this is something that has been happening a lot with, um, like, it's been happening a lot with um, uh, uh, the Switch in general, right? Where like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know what, like. I would love to have my game on the Switch. Or, like, we've been talking Nintendo, get the game on the, on the Switch. And, like, I feel like Nintendo, getting your game on a Nintendo system was never really, especially if you're an indie developer, was never really, like, a a priority because, like, I mean, look, like, when you're an indie developer, the biggest thing is to get, like, some money so you can make your next mm-hmm. game. And, like, the Nintendo system, like, yeah, I guess it might be cool, but it's probably not where you're going to get the most money. And now, all of a sudden, it's not just like, oh, this is really cool. It's also like, oh, this is definitely where the profit is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the production costs are lower, um, which obviously is a big deal for indie and also for a lot of Japanese developers who, Hmm. you know, it's not that long ago since the time where it was like, wow, game development is really expensive. How are these Japanese studios going to handle that? Right. Um, Because the money situation is a little different, you know, when you don't have, there's no Activision of Japan. What? <laughs> um, thank God there's no Activision of Japan. Um, yeah, and... So previously, these indie developers were... They were really brought... They, you know, a lot of them were on PC. Like mm-hmm. a decade ago. And then Sony convinced them all to come uh, to the Vita. And, like, right. by extension, eventually, to make a lot of... Bring a lot of those games to the PS4. Um, and and, it, and like, in fairness, the Vita was a huge success for indie developers. Yeah, like, it's, uh, in, in a lot of ways. It's such a fascinating system because it. I didn't buy one because I thought yeah, I, mean, I yeah. didn't like their mission statement, their original mission statement, which was essentially they were like, "What if, <laughs> what if we put games that are exactly like other game, like exactly like console games, in a handheld." Yeah, I remember that. And it was, so they were like, we're going to make an Uncharted that's just like 
other Uncharted games. We're going to make a, a Kill Zone or whatever that's just like that. And I had a problem with the PSP when it was like that at one point, too. When it was just like, you just, this is like a crappier PS3. And I want you to make games that are like specific to the strengths of this. And eventually, like, that happened, you know? Um, but th- well, yeah, no, and that's and that's why the the system succeeded the way it did. Like it is, it is a successful system insofar as they like they realized like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, we have to do that. So then, then um, when the Vita failed in its mission of being like, here's a little crappier PS4, um, or a, here's a better PS3 that's portable, you know, um, whichever <laughs> one or the yeah, other, you want to put it in the in the time. Pick your poison. Uh, and then they were like, what if we make it? an indie steam machine that's portable, you know, like that's what they did. And so all these visual novels and all these indie games and all these RPGs all get put on the Vita where production costs are lower and you don't have to worry as much about making them like the prettiest HD thing on the planet. And like the audience isn't as big. No, but you know, the Vita was popular enough in the places where these games were going to be popular Right. You know, so then it worked. And it helped Sony develop all these relationships with these indie developers and keep relationships with a lot of these other uh, Japanese developers for RPGs and things like that. So it was very important. It was like a, still like a really shrewd kind of business move, even though the system failed. And obviously right. Sony, like... No, for sure. They're not making... They discontinued the Vita uh, real, no. <laughs> real early, you know? It's like they waved that white flag before the 3DS even hit its stride. Um... <laughs> And they're just... We're sorry. <laughs> they're just not doing handhelds anymore, and they're not... They don't seem to care about smaller games as much, and, I mean, that's part of the reason... That is part of the reason the Switch is dominating in Japan, to the degree that it is, to this, like, historic degree with mm-hmm. the two weeks of the top 30 sellers in a row, is because... So, you know, we mentioned earlier, Sony came in and got all these third parties to come in behind them, and, like, once that... Once that uh, snowball started rolling down the hill, you know, like it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's kind of perpetuating. More third parties come and give you support because that's that's the system. That's the one to do. And they've kind of been carried by that as their identities changed. And even when their exclusives maybe weren't quite as appealing, you know, like, I don't know. What are, what are the what are the very best like Sony published PS2 games? Uh, Sony published PS2 games. Not a, there. Are, there aren't a lot of them. There aren't. It's like it's. I mean, there are plenty. It's not that there's none. Well, yeah, no, they they made them. Yeah, but like, I'm just. What do you know that system for? You know, it's like the third parties, the third party exclusives. Yeah, all the games they could put on there because that one just dominated so much. Like they don't have the first party first party catalog on the PS2 that like the Dreamcast did or the GameCube did. No, and it didn't matter, right? Because, like, you think about the first-party catalog of the GameCube, and there's, like, a million cool games on there. But, like, I, you know, you can only play them on the GameCube, and they didn't sell a lot of stuff. People were just, like, at yeah. that moment in time, people were just obsessed with other third-party things. Yeah, so it didn't matter. But now it's, like, I feel like we'll find out if it matters now. Because if Sony has lost kind of the exclusive third-party support for a number of different reasons whether it be indie developers or they're not getting exclusive access to these like to these Japanese RPGs or they're not getting um, all the kind of like visual novel uh, the kind of stuff they got on the um, the Vita or if they're not like the only mm-hmm. place for these things if Nintendo and Microsoft kind of like weasel in and just 
grab even more of this kind of market share than they have in that regard. I'm curious yeah. to see what happens to Sony's identity at that point. I mean, Sony's identity seems at risk, right? Because, like, there's... You already have this sort of dynamic where, um, you know, like, the, the lack of chips, right? Like, the lack the lack of, of the anyone's ability to, like, get a PS5 and, like, purchase it and, like, play it. Every game is getting delayed. Every You know, it's, it is it is this sort of, like, okay, like, every everything except the Switch right now feels like it's at a bit of a standstill. And actually, it's starting to become everything but the PS5 because, like, the, the Xbox with the Game Pass and everything... No, they're they're pretty they're pretty okay just releasing stuff for PC and and ho- and knowing that like the um the the next console is going to the you know the console will come when the console comes, um so yeah I don't know what Sony's identity is now like insofar as it's just like a a place where you can do a lot of blockbusters it like it really doesn't have a lot of pull yeah and you know the blockbusters are are good it's not that I don't like playing that kind of game like. I, I said earlier, I'm going to eventually get one, a PS5, because I want to play Horizon, and I'm going to want to play whatever Uncharted comes out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I really care about that stuff, but it's obviously at the bottom of my list right now, you know? Well, and you're also dealing with a period of time where there is such a glut of availability for mm-hmm. games, too. Where, like, you know, it's not, uh, you know, 1993, where, yeah, there's a ton of games out, but if you want to play, like, if you're really into JRPGs, there's, like, you, and you're, you know, you're living in America. There is a limit, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have a certain limit, and like, okay, if you want to play more, you're going to need a Nintendo. Like you're just going to have to get that Super Nintendo and and just bite the bullet because like otherwise you're not going to play the good ones. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, every every major every game that I've really desperately wanted to play that's come out like next gen has also been an Xbox game. So right, yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I I feel like you're you sort of see um you know like sony this is something that i wasn't really expecting when we were talking but like sony dominated when it came out when the when the psx came out it was such a big deal especially like for for i don't know for like me and my friends so like from an american perspective i guess but like it was such a big deal because it like it represented it was almost like a style like a lifestyle um not in the way that i described it before mm-hmm. but in the way of like Oh yeah, like you're, um, you are, you know, you're doing, you're like a cool gamer or whatever. Like the Sony, Sony has a particular attitude about gaming, or like it has like a particular approach to gaming that's like cool. Um, and then with that, they just had a bunch of games that felt like, wow, I'd never see this on Nintendo, or I'd never see this on Sega. Like this is this is so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost felt like kind of bringing PC gaming to the con- to consoles. And then, you know, we've talked about all like the various uh, personality changes that have happened to Sony in the meantime. Um, which have kept it re- super relevant, but like, ultimately, if it's becoming a blockbuster machine, I mean, Xbox is Microsoft has always had that in mind. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they've had their extreme hiccups, but like, they've always been good at that one thing. Right? <laughs> They're always good at being like, we can do AAA games. I promise you guys, we can do AAA well, games. It's gonna be like great. I said. That's why they bought ZeniMax because it's like, right? This is something they know they can't do themselves, and so they went, okay, so now we have. Wolfenstein, and now we have, um, is Arcane part of Zenimax? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, so. like, Deathloop is a time, because that's just a previous contract, but, like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) There's so many studios under Zenimax. People talk about Bethesda a lot, but, like, it's not just Bethesda. No. Um, 
I mean, Zenimax is massive. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, the the you know all the all the Sturm and Drang about it at the time, and I get it. Like, I'm not I'm not not poo pooing it, but like the Sturm and Drang at the time was like, oh man, like if they buy Zenimax, that's just they're the only people we're gonna get games from now. And like, yeah, on one level that's true, like that's bad. But on another level, what you're looking at is actually the way that like, um, you know, like the 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 one com- like one company is dominating like a very particular and extremely profitable slice of the gaming public. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who wants to play like a big deal game that's going to come out in a particular kind of genre or a number of particular kind of genres is going to play it on an Xbox mm-hmm. now. Um, and like, so yeah, like I, I guess, you know, the PlayStation five will sell, you know, when it, when it's able to sell, I'm sure uh, because it's a PlayStation. Right. But like, I'm not entirely sure that the console will ever be particularly distinctive or interesting yeah that's Um, that's the thing like i know people will throw like ps5 sale numbers at me or and you or you know just whatever to be like i sure hope they don't i don't care (laughs) you know what i mean it's like i'm not saying it's not gonna sell it's just like how much am i gonna care I, i i the thing i the thing i'm interested in is what will sony become because of this what yeah. will Sony care about because of this? Like that is my, that is my point of interest. Like when Sega stepped out of the console business, and I'm not saying Sony is going to do that. No, I. They, they, <laughs> Certainly I mean, not. If they are, it's way, way down the line. Yeah, I'm not yeah. predicting doom for them. I'm just using this as that an example would be. Yeah, like, that would be a very. That would be a. That would be a me and John from Patch Notes prediction <laughs> in that it will never, <laughs> ever, ever come true. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's gonna, but like, I, I hear what you're saying in that, like, you know, the PlayStation 2 and the, and the PlayStation obviously have this like very specific quality. It's a, it's a certain identity and the PSP had it and the Vita had it, but like, I don't think the P certainly the PS3 didn't have it and the PS4 didn't really. I mean, the PS4 was fine. It was like, it, it was a great console and I liked using it, but like. It's not like I would say there was something distinctive about it. It feels that such that it's like so much. Different. I would say the PS4 felt a lot more like the PS2, but the problem is that mm. the Xbox One also felt like the PS2. So you know. <laughs> right there, you go. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. They weren't the only game in town by any yeah, means. Yeah. So that like we've lost that because there's two of them now, and you know, like the Xbox came so late to the game during the PS2's lifespan that it didn't like. Obviously, it mattered for building toward the 360, but what it did differently, yeah, it, didn't, it, it was like building blocks more than direct right. competition. I mean, people cared, people cared because there was new stuff, Ooh. like, right? Like, people cared because of Halo, people cared because of this stuff, but it was never, it wasn't a PS2 killer. Yeah, no, not, like, nothing was. The PS2 right, yeah. kept selling deep into the PS3's lifespan. <laughs> the, yeah, the PS2 was unbelievable. I mean, that's just, what a, what a, what a monster machine You know, they was. made MLB the show, like... I think pretty much up up until the time of the Wii U, but they made it be the show for the PS2. Really? Yeah, they just kept making it. Like, it didn't have all Whoa. the features of the PS3 version, you know, because the PS2 was, wasn't as strong of a console, but, like, they were making it because people were buying it. That's crazy. Yeah, I think, they, I think they just based, like, the PSP version off of the PS2, ver- off of the PS2 version or based the PS2 version off the PSP. You know, like, they just kept doing it. It, it was that... It just had that kind of like hold and power. Um, that is so wild. Because you know, it, it had such a strong identity. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not, you know, like Sega obviously changed when they, uh, when they're, they stopped, uh, making consoles. Right. Um, so I'm just curious, like, not, I'm not curious, like, oh, the PS5 is going to be a failure or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's, it's succeeding now. It's probably going to be a success. Oh yeah. I mean, financially they're not going to yeah. lose their shirt. I'm kind of curious. So it'll be fine. What they do. Like if the blockbuster thing works, what does that mean for next time like you just you go even more in on blockbusters how long does that hold how long does it take before microsoft buys someone else so that like they like you said they're doing triple a big blockbuster games and like they've got more of them so what what does well, yeah, still have left and what is their business plan if that happens you know and how long until microsoft just out like out styles you as far as that goes mm-hmm. right like it, they're not unused to being like the powerhouse in a market like that. Like Microsoft products are, I mean, pretty much all like, you know, yeah, you can buy, like you can get games on, on Apple and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And there are like, you know, different people making different things. There's like Linux browsers or what is Steam OS, but like cutting back on all of that, like you're basically looking at, you're basically looking at like Microsoft dominating, like the console game or not the console gaming, but the uh, PC gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, space already and like essentially they're doing that by way of like (laughs) by way of just being like more powerful and more convenient and more like easily like they just they they know how to dominate when it's like okay look like we'll just like just pure force and the thing with the the you know the PS2 and the PS3 is like Sony still had that catalog like you you can't just do force at that Mm -hmm. point yeah and now Okay, so what if they don't have the catalog? Do they, do they retool like Nintendo did when Sony initially came in and ate their lunch? Because Nintendo had strong first-party offerings on the NES mm-hmm. and the SNES, but like in terms of volume, you know, the N sixty four and the GameCube and the Wii, like that's, that's where the first-party thing. You buy a console to play Nintendo games. That's when that started. Yeah. Was after Sony came in and yeah. said, "We're taking all of the other games." <laughs> then right. had to be like it's like okay rare you can you can make a dozen games this generation right because there are a lot of holes in this calendar <laughs> right and like it it is it is this it's this um it's it's the way that like i mean people talk about this all the time as some sort of ineffable thing but like in many ways nintendo essentially got the old market scarcity because like the the sort of blockbuster Nintendo games only come out at Nintendo and only come out like at particular moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, like you get a new Mario, you're gonna play that new Mario. Like Mario Rabbids, like that's a game that sold great because like people are like, hey, it's a new Mario, <laughs> I'll play that. Like give me give me that Mario, like I'll, <laughs> I'll I'm happy to. Um, and like that's not a game that anyone would be super interested in if it was just like the Rabbids, right? <laughs> like. So, so Nintendo definitely like uses its IP very sparingly. Has like a sense of you know, okay, what, what do we, what do we make of like you know, um, of of a, of a scarce sort of marketplace? Like they they're good at that, mm-hmm. right? And like I think the effect of them being good at that is they they do have this kind of like not bulletproof or timeless, but like it is a catalog that could be that can like last basically. Mm-hmm. Like you can. You can you can like get a lot of use out of 
Breath of the Wild. Like, even if Breath of the Wild wasn't Breath of the Wild, you'd get a lot of use out of it. Like, people are rebuying Twilight Princess, right? Like, the, the, <laughs> people, the, the people game no one likes. Sword. Yeah, like, what is... <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's like, all right, like, look, I you'll buy any of this, right? And people are like, yes, absolutely. Please, like, make us... Force us to force us to play these games, um, but like yeah, like Nintendo knows like they can make a Zelda game and they can eat off of it for a little mm-hmm. while, and and they do that. Like they just they make sure the game is good enough uh, these days. It seems like and and they they just like they know okay this is this is like this is going to be a main game for us for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and like Sony doesn't really have that in their back pocket right now. No, they really. They really don't. I mean, it's funny. You know, when the PS3 era started and they were like, okay, we're doing HD. And then they made all of these studios, all these like second party studios, stop drawing cartoons. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> right. you start making serious ass games and you make them now, you know? So it's like, no more Sly Cooper. You make, you make Infamous. And, you know, <laughs> no more, no more Crash Bandicoot. You're making Uncharted. And no more, uh, no more Ratchet and Clank, which I guess didn't really hold for. Her. No, they still they got to keep making Ratchet and Clank, but they kept trying to turn. <laughs> okay, you get to make yeah. Ratchet and Clank, but everyone you keep else. Making Ratchet and Clank, but yeah, like Insomniac. Well, at first they had Insomniac making uh, Resistance. Right. Yeah. So they've been kind of going down this path for a while, and then you know they they closed the Japan studio, which was right. like, hey, who can make some quirky games? These guys, Japan let's close them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and everything just keeps yeah, getting it is, more and it... more serious to the point where you're now like, okay, the guys who made Sly Cooper are doing Kurosawa tributes. Right, right, right. I didn't even realize that. Wow, I didn't realize that that was the uh, that was like Ghost of Tsushima. Um, that's funny. Yeah, that's how uh, much did that. God. <laughs> it's like, I, I, yeah, you're right. Like, it is, it is this, it is this sort of like, you know, they, they've, they've sort of, like, they're living in this market that they themselves created with these, like, extreme, like, prestige kind of games. Um, but, like, you know, prestige games can really be played. That That is, like, that's the lesson of, of, of PC gaming and is that, like, oh, like, if, if my console can play this, like, I can play this prestige game anywhere I yeah. want. Like, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't super matter. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, that is like, that is something they're going to have to overcome again, like not saying they won't, um, yeah, I, mean, I'm curious I, to I have see, no reason to think they I'm curious won't. to see how they do and how they adjust right. to it, especially when Microsoft is so hell bent on being friends with Nintendo because they know they're serving two completely different markets or the people yeah. who care about both of them will buy both consoles. Correct. Yeah. They're, you know, any, any sort of like any, any kind of sicko who's like, well, I can't, and I, I, I say that. Both as a as a sicko and then also as someone who like you know very much sympathizes with the sickos here, but like you know like anyone who's just like oh yeah you know I need like you know this I need Tales of Arise but I also need like every visual novel or whatever like you're just gonna buy both yeah like, I am that you're sicko just gonna get it where you can get those. it so I said mm-hmm. I am yeah, that you, sicko you're you're a big time sicko. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like it, it, it is it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, you, you, you'll just end up getting both um, if you're that. And if you're not that, then you're you're buying an Xbox or a Nintendo. Wait until um, wait until the next Wolfenstein is series X exclusive, except oh. except it will also come out and like cl- it will like stream like cloud play on 
Nintendo's console. Like, watch that happen, just so Microsoft can be like, hey, Sony fans, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I feel like the only the only place the console wars still exist in reality is, uh, is in terms of spite. Mm. Um, and in that way... Uh, it is absolutely uh, Microsoft's game at this well, point. Well, remember, this goes back to the DS days. Microsoft had Viva Pinata games on the DS. Oh, yeah, really? Microsoft arranged to have Diddy Kong Racing re-release on the DS, even though they have the rights, like, the rights to both of those things. And it's because Sony was in the handheld space, and they were like, what if we helped Nintendo against Sony? <laughs> like, <laughs> do, do you think they would be our friend? I mean, that's... That's pretty much it, and you see, um, you see the Xbox president all the time talking about how great Nintendo is and like how brave they are to do these things that they would never do, and it's like they're just going out of their way to be like, "Hey, yeah, lip service." They're like anyone with extra money. You've already you already got your your Microsoft console. You should spend that money on a Switch. Go get a Switch. Go do that. It it's interesting because you know the one place like I can see. And I, I, oh my gosh, we've been, I'll, I'll let you go soon. But, um, uh, uh, but yeah, like the, you know, there's two ways I could see Sony handling this. And like the one is, the one is very much like, I don't know, probably not really all that, probably not all that, um, likely, but maybe would be if they went back into the, the PSP or PS Vita space, like just like recouped and said like, okay, what worked last time? And they're like, okay, let's, let's, let's fill a niche mm-hmm. very well. Um, I don't necessarily see them doing that. What I do think they might do because of the power of the PS5 is potentially, I mean, they could, they could very well just like become, cause I know they're doing it with, um, uh, Final Fantasy 14, um, which is going to be like, you know, have like a specific PS5 build, um, and still isn't, I don't think on Xbox, um, like, you know, it is, it is this, it is this way that they're going to be like, yeah, like maybe we could do service games extremely well. Mm. Like maybe we'll be the service games provider for people who don't have a good PC. So if you want to play like Rainbow Six and you don't have a good PC, you just get, you, you know, you, you, you're a console gamer, mm. you get a PS5 and now you can. Um, I could see that working for them. Um, I don't know how plausible that is, particularly with Microsoft in that space, but I don't know. I think it might be an interesting avenue. Yeah, it'd be fun to see who Microsoft decides to buy immediately after these deals arrange. <laughs> right. It's just like, well, you can't do that now, I guess, Sony. Um, I can't believe they bought Square Enix. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, none of this is like... Like we said, none of this is Sony's going to fail. It's like, oh, how do they adjust? You know, it took. Yeah, and they are fa- like this is a company, especially in the game space, is that is like famous for adjusting. Yeah. Like I, you know, we don't we don't typically talk a lot about like companies on the show, but like, it, it's not because like there's nothing interesting to say there. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Sony absolutely is a company that is like super interesting to watch because like they almost always kind of like make it work, right? Like they they kind of figure out like okay like. The PS3 was a massive disaster, and no one really thinks about it that much anymore. Because like, it wasn't that bad of a disaster, was yeah. it? Like, we, we were able to bounce back. Um, and the, like the the you know, it's the same way with Nintendo and the end gauge, right? Like, there's all this there's all this stuff where like you know, the the the, the console fails and they just kind of bounce back. Um, 
So I don't know. I I'll, I'll be very interested to see to see how they handle yeah. it. To be honest with you, and how quickly because like Nintendo obviously figured out a way after Sony, you know, handed them their ass to like mm-hmm. eventually climb back to the top. But right. to the point, you know, the Wii, as we mentioned, it sold a ton of consoles, but it didn't necessarily sell a ton of software. The Switch, on the other hand, is like, okay, so Nintendo is running on all cylinders with first-party stuff in terms of quality. Like, the quantity is not necessarily there, but the quality is there. The third-party right. support is as pretty much as strong as it's ever been. And it's selling. So there's, like, this combination of Nintendo new and old being, like, smushed together on the Switch in a way that it hasn't before. So it took a long time to get there, but they, like, found this new identity, and they're rolling with it. And they they seem very happy mm. in this space where, mm. like, they're just... They're not competing against anyone directly, necessarily. Um, because Sony is... You know, Sony is, Sony's, like, stepped out of the way of the kinds of games that they could have overlapped with. Right. Um, it's It's such a weird thing so i'm curious like will will this be a thing where like sony did from ps3 to ps4 where they recovered almost immediately and had this great new business plan and you know figured out how to like court indie developers at a time before like when microsoft was like kind of struggling to figure out those relationships and nintendo hadn't like wasn't selling enough consoles to get their trust you know to bob to make it worth their time um like will they will the ps6 Hmm. be completely different Will they have a different plan, or will they just go like even more down the blockbuster path? Yeah, will it be? Will it be more like even further uh, weapons of mass destruction, like Brinksmanship? Yeah, yeah. Do they start buying? Because I mean, it's not like Sony doesn't have deep pockets. It's just a matter of whether they want to spend the money on the video game division. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just fascinating in that regard. I, like, console wars isn't really a thing. Like we said, you just buy the ones you that have the games you want now and that could be all of them well yeah and it's because it's because like the people who care about video games anymore are um like adults right <laughs> like so like it's not you don't have to worry about like convincing your parents to buy you this game right yeah. like it is it is it's a matter of like well i could spend my own discretionary funds the way i want to spend my discretionary funds so i can have an xbox and a playstation <laughs> um and like once the once the allure of that wears off sometime around like I don't know, like the you know the second day after you've done that, um, like you're just like, oh yeah, okay, like I guess I did that. That's cool. Um, now I just have both of these, and I can play whatever game I want. Great, that's super convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like I think ultimately uh, that's you know that's a that's a really important part of where these these systems are at. Um, hopefully, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't I don't care insofar as like. You know, I'm not hoping one way or the other. It's it games games themselves will be fine if Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo or whatever collapses, right? Like it's not it's not a matter of like, oh no, like if if X company isn't around, then like, you know, we're done for. Um I don't buy that for a second. But like I do think it is interesting to think about um where we'll be if um you know, where the 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 market will be if in fact like we're down to two right <laughs> like if, yeah, we're, yeah. if we have like two viable superpowers in the market as opposed to three yeah hopefully i would love a i would love a fourth to emerge but i don't know no one seems to have no one seems to have a good idea for entering the marketplace like look at 
you know, what was what was Google's big plan with Stadia? It was just like play games you can play elsewhere except it streams or some shit. And Amazon's Amazon clearly entered this with no idea of what anything would take to launch a console, to launch games for it, to run studios, anything. They they just wanted to have video games because it was a thing they didn't have yet, you know. Bad news, Stadia. Yeah. Uh, so and look at Netflix just saying they're going to get into games, and it's like, okay, so what? What differentiates you? And it's like, no, we just want to have games. Okay. Well, and it's you, you look at you look at the stories around uh, like Bezos hiring for the the Luna or whatever mm. the Amazon one was going to be, and like it was just like this guy who was an Amazon lifer, and they're, they're like. Yeah, uh, they hired him because, like, he just loves video games and, like, wanted to be part of a cool project. It's like, oh, great. great. Do you understand anything? No? <laughs> no, no. Hopefully that won't get in the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's odd. Like, it feels like it feels like it is a, it's a space many people want to break into, but there's, like, not – as far as – I mean, look, as far as, like, development goes or whatever, you know, plenty of space. But, like, as far as – as far as, like – the the actual sort of like developing new systems and con- and platforms yeah. like it seems like there's just not much room because people are satisfied with what they have they have two big powerhouses and one quirky mm-hmm. thing that plays everything yeah and it's good like i feel like nintendo has never created a system anybody asked for but it's <laughs> no. like they create systems that you didn't realize you wanted mm-hmm. and no one else seems to and i mean this like no one outside of these three is doing that. I would love someone else to come in and be like, you didn't realize you wanted this thing, but now well, it yeah, exists. And that's sort of like, that was the, that was the promise of a certain era of gaming, like where, where we had like the Jaguar and stuff, right. Where it's like, or the turbo graphics mm-hmm. or whatever. Not that any of those were like particularly successful or gave us anything that we, uh, needed, whoa, but whoa. like, I will not deal with turbo graphics slander on this podcast. <laughs> What did the Turbo Graphics give you that you needed, Mark? Uh, uh, better uh, CD Redbook quali- audio quality uh, East soundtracks. All right, <laughs> you got yeah. me. That's one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like there was there was a feeling <laughs> that there would be a new thing, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and there. I mean, it wasn't. There wasn't like, and that's okay. Like it it didn't happen, but like. There was sort of that like weird entrepreneurial moment, and again, like you know, screw entrepreneurialism and mm. whatever. But like, you know, outside of my politics, like uh, looking at it as sort of like a space, like it is. It's interesting to look at that period of time and then look at this period of time where the very idea of someone like jumping into the market is like that's just like they're going to fail. Well, I mean, so look look at how Microsoft entered the space in the first place. Number one, they were willing to spend no matter how much it costs, they were going to spend that amount of money. And like, correct. at some point, Amazon, even like they say, we're done. And Google says, okay, we can't do that, you know? Um, right. Like they can, but they won't, is more the... They're, yeah, they're going to cut their Whereas losses. Microsoft was like, we literally could not spend all of this money if we wanted to. So spend it. <laughs> um, right, yeah. And like literally, literally the, like the very idea of Microsoft like breaking into the market of games was like... Um, Almost like you could imagine someone was like someone told like that like a Microsoft exec like someone in Japan said Microsoft will never be able to do this and they're like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's almost like a dare um, they had to spend so much money and like actually like 
leverage so much capital to make it happen. And they really had the idea. They had a great idea at the time that didn't, you know, it seems so normal now, but they wanted PC quality gaming for people who didn't have PCs. And like, they did that and they made, they made it so that you would want to play first person shooters over the internet on your television. Right. Which is like, uh, at the time, like, Baffling. Yeah, it's ubiquitous um, now, but everyone thought Halo would not everyone, but like tons of people thought Halo was going to fail. Because yeah, who the no, hell I remember to play the online shooter, you know, playing playing GoldenEye and Perfect Dark at home on one console is one thing, you know, playing the multiplayer there. But on the internet where people, you know, real people use a mouse and a keyboard or whatever, you know, uh they're they're up against all that shit. But like Halo worked and even if the Xbox itself wasn't massively successful, it was obviously the building blocks for the 360, and like that, it, you know, gave them their in. And so, what's the what is even the idea? And if you know it, you shouldn't say it. You should like go tell someone with I a lot just, of money. Yeah, I should just like, the sell someone the idea. Yeah, but like things. I don't have the idea. I, I should tell you there. <laughs> there is no like. So there, that was obviously a moment in time of like an innovation that could be leveraged. Right, internet. People saw, yeah. People saw an opening. They were like, "Something's there." There's like a space yeah. here that we could, that we can. Internet with. is now fast enough. Devices that are not computers are capable of being hooked up to the internet. We've we've really started to nail making first person shooters work on a console. There's just like this confluence of events kind of thing where you could step in and do that and use that to build up from there. And it's like, okay, X- Xbox is the online gaming brand. But now, right? Like, you know, what is the big tech innovation? It's like, ooh, streaming, and it's like, man, I don't want to stream fucking video games. Well, yeah, and I think like people are people are perfectly happy. I mean, it's and like people are either perfectly happy using whatever console they have to stream, like using their PlayStation yeah. to stream, yeah, or pre-existing consoles streaming already do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it it's a really good question. Like, I'm not sure exactly what. I'm not sure exactly what we could expect from like a future like gaming innovation mm-hmm. if there even is one, right? Like it it might just be brinksmanship until we have uh, and graphics until we have no discernible difference or we run out of chips or can't do video. <laughs> okay, that won't happen. That that would be a big that would be a different problem, let's say. Uh <laughs> it could certainly happen, but it would be a different problem. Um that we that you know that we never sort of make a, have a solution for something that's a non-renewable resource. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I think like, I think ultimately it it's just like it's it's tough to see at this point, and maybe yeah. maybe that's what maybe ultimately that's what Sony does is like they end up being they end up finding that thing and doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against that. Yeah, and it, it's I mean, it, I think everyone else is struggling to see what the next thing is too. Um, it's not just like us goons on a podcast right now. Um, <laughs> well, because look at how much. It's not just a matter like this, this like retro revival with the mini consoles and um, you know like Playdate that's coming out. Mm-hmm. That's obviously yeah. the games are new, but they're very old school styled. Um, I think there's this look backwards because there hasn't been the kind of innovation that we just talked about with uh, like online the ability to play console games online. Um, there hasn't been this thing to leverage, so it's like, okay, so let's look into the past. You know, for some companies, it's an easy buck, like Sony's garbage 
uh, PlayStation Classic. It's just fucking <laughs> terrible piece of machinery. I'm looking at one right now, but I modded the shit out of it to make I it useful. I can't believe you bought one of those. I bought it for $20. And Well, okay, then I can't Yeah, I bought it for 20 bucks, and I spent another 30 bucks on stuff to mod it with, and now it uh, plays backups of every PlayStation game that I have. Okay, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing, like, stock is just a piece of shit. Um, obviously, like, cash in from them. But a lot of other companies, like uh, Konami, who doesn't lift their finger to do anything that isn't a pachinko machine these days, uh, they put a lot of effort into the TurboGrafx Mini. It's great. And uh, SNK's come out with a couple of um, a couple of Neo Geo Minis. One is like a little arcade cabinet one. One is actually a big arcade stick that, you know, all the games live inside of. And that actually, oh, that hooks cool. up to the PS3, the PS4, and the Switch as well, and you could use it as an arcade stick. Um, see, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be looking backwards that's the next thing. Yeah. I don't know. That could, that could very well be. Like, the idea, that the fact that there's not much of an archive out there of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see someone deciding to say, like, yeah, why don't we, why don't we like, be the people who do that? Like, why don't, we, why don't we become an archive of sorts or provide a space for an archive? Yeah, look at the, the Polymega. Um, you know, that's like there's finally proof it is actually coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that plays, it's like designed to play all your old video games <laughs> already. Wild. You know, um, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering like why Sega should come out with, they shouldn't re enter the console market necessarily, but they should come out with, you know, how uh, uh, Atari is doing that Atari system where it's like, okay, it can play, it's like it has all these games, these old games. But this is also going to have a storefront, so you can like, you know, continue to add old games, but also new games, new old games. Okay, be, interesting. Be, I I don't know about that. It'd be cool if Sega did something like that. You know, they they have all these games they they did release in Sega Ages. Um, you know, where it's like, okay, we're gonna it's it is the game, but we've modernized it. So like, oh, you play the original Fantasy Star. Um, you know, we put these. Uh, we put these the black boxes on the side, but we filled the black boxes so it's like you can see a map of where you're walking in the dungeon now. It'll fill out so you don't have to actually draw a map on graph paper like you did in 1988. Uh, little changes like That's that. Cool. And being yeah. like, oh, we'll make it so the encounter rate is lower, but you get more experience in gold from each fight so you don't have to really feel like you're in 1988 again, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish they'd just do a console that had all of that the retro console that was really and like it had the ability to like download more you know um, yeah st- stuff like that would be real cool because i i know i'm not going to get my dream of everything we've ever done is available digitally at all times forever <laughs> that's that's a heck of a dream I am. it's what i want i like it's it what we it's deserve cool is it yes it's what i deserve <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> but as, you know, this other kind of thing would be cool if, if companies would figure out ways to do that where it's like a step beyond a mini, but not quite like a brand new, a whole brand new console, but it's some sort of like, yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 if you came out with a, if they came out with a Sega box that could play every Sega console game in like some form and they update, spent time updating it and like made more available over time, like I would spend $300 on that. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, I I expect a lot of people would. So, I can't imagine that would be like something that would be like, oh, who would ever buy that? Yeah, <laughs> it would be pretty popular. So I, you know, maybe we'll see more stuff like that because we're seeing, you know, right now it's like the new Intellivision 
by whoever owns the rights to them now and the <laughs> yeah right. the atari whoever owns the rights to them. you know that's what we're seeing for these kinds of consoles now but like i want to see i want to see sega get into it you know uh, yeah no the, see the big boy yeah it, and then and then you might really start to see some some of the old console war uh stuff happen without any stakes at all yeah exactly um which we which would be cool yeah, it'd be good it'd be one of those things that's good for everyone because like yeah okay some of you are praying it would feel less like preying on the nostalgia of people if they were putting in this level of effort that i described at least because mm-hmm. it would basically be, well yeah you don't want you don't want another playstation mini no no never again it's the fucking worst i'm again i'm staring at it right now that's um, just staring it's staring daggers through it did you know it's a uh, i had to get I had to buy like a USB stick hub to plug into it because if you plug a USB stick directly into the PS mini, uh, there's like some kind of electrical problem that could occur that would fry the whole system. Huh? So, well, that's just, that's just anti-piracy. It didn't come with a power cord. All right. No, this is how much they cheaped out on it. They didn't even include a USB cord to plug into a thing. Like, or no sorry they included the usb cord they didn't include the adapter to plug it in anywhere oh (sighs) god it's the the game selection is terrible and the they just didn't even include all the hardware you need so that's you know instead of they sell it for a hundred dollars which is like robbery but i got it for 20 bucks and i spent another 30 bucks to like pretty it up for kate's birthday because she had a playstation we still have it. It's in a box somewhere. Uh, and, you know, now it's nice. Thanks to the extra effort that I put in. No thanks to you, Sony. Mark, I think you're a much better husband than Sony is. That's true. I am. I wouldn't close Japan studio. No. And and you know what? Your wife appreciates that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's played some of those I'm games. I'm sure she's mentioned you know? it. Yeah, sure. Although I guess Shadow of the Colossus' controls really did frustrate her one day, so hmm, maybe. Well, maybe she did one. Maybe she did one. Maybe she did one. Uh, Studio Japan did. <laughs> close the studio now. I'll, I'll I'll see no I'll see no such studio exist in my in my reign. <laughs> well, Mark, um, where can people find your work? Because you have a lot of it. I out do. There. I do. Uh, RetroXP.substack.com. Okay. Right. That's how that works. <laughs> that's that's right yeah do you do you have um is that also because i don't know because i signed up for this uh, when it came out and i don't know if it goes on the same service or not is that also now where the um the labor news newsletter is too or is that something different no that's at um that is at marknormandon.com okay because uh, i haven't named <laughs> you referred to it as the labor newsletter i haven't named it <laughs> and i'm never going to I mean, there's, there's no real reason to um, it's called Labor Daber. <laughs> I briefly, uh, I briefly toyed with calling it Marvin Miller's mustache. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, but then I was that's like, a, "That's a fun one." I don't want to do. That. Yeah. It's it's a cool thing unless you have like a knowledge of. Um, I'm trying to think like 2000, uh, 2009 to 2010 blog life for baseball because it sounds exactly like something someone would write that is exactly why i didn't do it seriously because i was like i was in the blog game back then you know and i was like i'm like "Eh, i don't want to tread i'm just not going to name it i have a logo the logo is great the logo is good yeah 
So like, uh, but yes, you should you should you should check out both, especially if you are a, especially if you are all interested in. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel bad saying if you're at all interested in baseball because like a lot of people aren't, uh, but they'd still find this interesting. <laughs> okay, I'm barely like, interested in baseball these days. <laughs> Sorry about the Padres, Mark. Oh, I was um, talking more about all the labor problems. Oh uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Um, but no, I think like you know the. Um, yeah, the, the newsletter is great. I mean, like if you're if you're at all interested in labor politics, I would say it's a it's a it's a nice place to go to work to look at. You, especially now that you know Hamilton Nolan still writes about this stuff, but it's not like he's at his uh, at his old uh, output. Um, you're also published. Speaking of Hamilton Nolan, you're also published at Defector. Uh, I know this. That is true. Or uh, and Baseball Prospectus. Yeah. And yeah, I'm being really irresponsible uh, here, huh? <laughs> irresponsible in what way i'm not promoting myself at all and you're like oh well other look, places I mean, that you write mark come on <laughs> listen i mean i whenever i have um whenever i have, have bleh, whenever i have alex deegan on the podcast he stops midway through and says like so what's your book about because uh, i don't <laughs> i don't ever you know but um but yeah no uh, you you have tons of places you write and i feel like you are one of the last people who like that is just that's what you do you write you don't have a stream you don't have i mean you go on podcasts i do um, i like that but, i like but, being a podcast guest yes but your thing is uh writing so like i feel like if people are looking for something that feels like an older version of the no 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 i mean this 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 sounds yeah it sounds like a beat. no no i'm, I'm uh, laughing because i'm like about my it. words only retro video game newsletter yeah, I am stuck <laughs> in the past, but I'm happy about it. But like, but yeah, no, I think like, I think, you know, if you're looking for something that is an old, like reminds you or speaks to an older version of say, um, not even like, not even, uh, Kotaku, uh, pre GMG or whatever, but like more so something like, um, the way it felt to be able to get like a ton of news on IGN before IGN was IGN mm-hmm. or like you know, GameSpot or whatever. Like, what, when people were, like, writing about games with with great abandon, um, I would say, you know, uh, subscribe to Mark's newsletter. You'll you'll really enjoy it. He's right. You will. That's, that's <laughs> what I hear anyway. Well, Mark, please come back again soon. Of course. Like I said, I am a, um, I'm and, a podcast uh, guest, so... Oh, and uh, before you go, uh, for anyone who made it to the end, uh, I say that because it's an hour and a half, not because the... The conversation was fascinating, so I think I hope everyone made it to the end. Um, but uh, uh, tell me, tell me, and the audience, what is a good Switch game that is a um, a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a hidden gem, bit of something that you don't think many people may have played at this point? So, you know, don't say uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> oh well, damn. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I know that was what you were going to do. That's no, okay. Um... Uh, Nosha. Nosha. G-N-O-S-I-A. It was a Vita game, uh, Japanese exclusive. It's a visual novel. Um, shocking. A visual novel with a twist. What? You never believe. You don't like those. <laughs> it's a, it's a loop. It's a looping game where you are trying to find, oh, what do they call them? Uh, there's like a specific name for this. It's like a, I don't know, werewolf game maybe where you're trying to figure out who the, who the bad guy is. You know, okay. and everyone's like guessing. And you're working based off of clues, and you're kind of like voting oh, fun. people. Oh, Okay, cool. Uh, it's like that, but there's also like this overarching narrative that, like, the more of 
you see more and more of the story, the more of these like rounds of this game that you play, uh, is really great. Oh, so it's yeah, it has like has like that feel of um, you know the game I the game I immediately think of with that is um, uh, um, I'm forgetting the name, but it's on my desktop. Uh, uh, Loop Hero. Yeah. Um, which if you've ever played that sort of like revelation again and again and again, right? Um, yeah, that sounds great. Nosha. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, you know, obviously like the loop stuff is, is big as the roguelikes, uh, really take kind of take hold in this like genre blending that's happening like with Hades. But, uh, yeah, Nosha combined that kind of thing with like a visual novel adventure game and, it's good. It's quick. The, the rounds don't take much time. You know, uh, you're trying to. Well, that's huge. A nice quick loop is like is I mean, that's just games that take too long with that are just a nightmare. Yeah, I did. I did maybe a hundred something like a hundred low hundreds for loops. And it took maybe 18, 20 hours to like see that's the whole story. Um, it was great, though. And it was like a highly anticipated game among some people because it was uh like a big hit uh, like a cult classic thing in japan on the vita okay and as we talked about earlier you know the switch has really taken the vita's place among other things and uh yeah it came over early this year it's, it's nice. one of my favorite games that i played this year and um obviously given the genre it, it uh has not gotten as much attention so we'll go with that no well naturally all right cool excellent all right, I will. I will certainly pick that up. Uh, I don't think I have it, so I will. I will pick it up. Um, cool. Thanks, Mark. Hey, thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to Patreon.com/NoCartridge or for a one-time donation, PayPal.me/Hagelbon. H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.